This is Sarah Elizabeth, and you're listening to Front Porch Radio in Columbia, Tennessee, 101.7 WKOM. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter. Like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning. Built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. 
Quick Mart convenience stores conveniently located all across southern middle Tennessee and north Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I'm going to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. The Bama implosion continues. The Tennessee's going to look to add to it tomorrow in the Tommy Bowl as I welcome you to another edition. It's the Friday edition. Bino Jeff Henderson's rustling around. There he is, Bino! Hi, Tony Day. Buenos uh, dias to you, brother. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Man, Kevin Skarbinski later on in the hour, Hughie, um, Hughie on top. Bino, do you ever remember a week of weather like this? Uh, no, Tony, I can never remember in this area being basically homebound for four or five days. Uh, that's, that's just never happened uh, in my time. And you share something with me that we live on different different parts of East Tennessee, which is it we're not an easy out where we are, so things have to get semi back to normal for me to get ambulatory and up and around and all that. Man. Um what a week. I'm I'm like totally stir crazy. Laura asked me yesterday, she goes, What's live Well she says, What's tomorrow? What's tomorrow? you know? Go, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I hope to live 20 more years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hope in those years, uh, the only snowflakes I see after this are on at a football game far away from here. Amen to that. Amen to that. Back where I live growing up, they just got snow for the first time in two and a half years. And that was a little over two years. And um, I was communicating today with Joe O'Sullivan, you know, that gentleman who uh, was down at Calhoun's with us in the fall, Bino, who you met, who grew up a Tennessee fan. I had no idea. He was like three or four years ahead of me in high school, but we went to the same school. He teaches at that school now. And he said, you know, we have an influx of um, of migrant type workers he said and it's like demolition derby on our streets because those people surely don't see snow south of the border being star so, <laughs> no i mean no, you don't think about no. that but i mean those people haven't seen snow either there i mean the people that have been there a couple years so well i'm uh i'm down to the last pepsi so like it or not we've got to make it out of here today to get the grocery store what was that drink you wanted uh during um and somebody sent you a case of it. You couldn't find it during the uh, coronavirus thing we were on the air? Yeah, I think that was uh, Pepsi Max at the time, which is now Pepsi Zero Sugar. Still drinking it? Yeah, yeah. Do you drink Doctor Enough and L81? You know, I've never had a Doctor Enough. 
my apologies to our old friend Gussie. I've never had a doctor enough that I remember. Enough is enough. Doctor enough. That was their slogan. Enough is enough. Doctor enough. I always thought that was pretty good. I used to have a shirt. That's kind of like East Tennessee's answer to Dr. Pepper, which I think started in East Tennessee. I think Dr. Pepper's in East Enough of this. We're going to bore this audience. Have to. Tomorrow afternoon in the Tommy Bolts, Tennessee and Alabama, an opportunity for Dalton Connect to have a biggin. That's a real opportunity for him to have another biggin. Bino, I want to bring Matt Dixon in an hour or two and try to quantify what we're seeing in Dalton Connect. But needless to say, uh, you mentioned years go by. 30 years from now, whoever's doing this, people are going to be on talking about, do you remember that time in that snowstorm when they moved that game time up and Dalton Connect went out there and put up 39? Most of these one-and-done guys I don't remember. I mean, no offense to Jaden Springer and Keon Johnson. I don't remember that. Tobias Harris had a ripple-like effect. Don't remember that. Uh, No offense. This guy, nobody's going to forget. This is one guy that's going to play here for one season, and nobody's going to forget this guy, Bino. Nobody. No, he's he's a once-every-25-year offensive player, Tony. Uh, if you're if you're lucky, uh, he's he's something special with the ball in his hands, and he's a three level scorer. Uh, and I, I'm I'm not sure we've ever had anyone like him from that standpoint. Yeah, and the other thing about him is he's gotten a lot stronger, apparently over last year. So he really dedicated himself to having a shot and going for it, and uh, that's what he's done. And you have to admire that. And it's funny, when you watch great athletes, when the light starts to come on for them, it's really something. I mean, my Flyers have a guy named Owen Tippett who scored a goal last night, who was a young player that his previous franchise gave up on him and threw him in in a deal um, when Claude Giroux went down to the Florida Panthers a few years back. And, you know, when you get a change of scenery... You get a little stronger. I mean, we knew this guy was a good player, but I didn't think this guy thought he was capable of doing what he's doing right now. He's got the ball on a string right now, Dalton Connect does. After having a a brief period there where it, you know, the, the, the Barnstormers were starting to whisper that, in fact, Rick Barnes had done the impossible and had taken this guy's sting away from him, Bino. <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh, um... I guess it says a lot about just how good he was right out of the shoot here. And uh, as, you know, everyone was fooled by this, Tony. Uh, Like a buddy of ours said on a text thread the other day, why why wasn't this guy an absolute priority for everyone in, in the transfer portal? Why wasn't there an NIL war going on for him? And that's the point, right? Because he was a scrawny, offensive-only scorer that some people didn't think was going to project to this point at this level. And then people saw him and they went, oh my gosh, look at him. Because literally over the summer he, he, he gained weight. And look at him. I mean, he, he looks the part right now. And he's such a unique player. 
because look at the NBA game at his size there are guys who can do whatever they want to do in fact he's smaller at the NBA level so at the NBA level he's going to have to be an outside shooter and a mid-range shooter that's what his, his game will be however he does have the ability and this is the thing I think that makes him so unique Bean is that and this is what I want to talk with you, Matt Dixon, Bry, callers about in terms of putting him in some kind of historical context. Because I think we're seeing living history here. I really do. I think people are going to fight to get into the arena for the next uh, several games, however many home games are left, just so they can say, hey, I saw this guy. And if this continues, this is going to gather steam. We've seen this before. And he's going to become like an it guy. I, I was talking with uh, somebody off the off the, and they were talking about Danny White and how Danny goes for the revenue. And Danny was bragging on Twitter. Danny's people were bragging on Twitter about the revenue they're generating off the backs of the fans. And um, the Dalton Connect jersey, Bino, when he first got here, was sixty bucks, and it's like a hundred and seventy now at University at the uh, UT store. So. Somebody figured it out pretty quickly, and apparently they're sold out of them. Yeah, again, Tony, he's, you know, I'll, I'll just say again, he's he's a once-ever-quarter-century yeah. player. So. A quarter-century here or a quarter-century in the league? Uh, quarter-century here. Uh, well, I think both. Yeah, I think both. I think both. When you hear Jimmy Dykes owing and awing, and, of course, Jimmy has to have a thing where he's out there throwing the ball to him after a guy rebounds the ball. Then Jimmy's has to reap. Re- <laughs> it's so goofy looking. But, anyway, the, the point is Connect started near the goal, shots in, 18 feet, shots in, 20 feet, shots in, 23 feet, shots in. I mean, the guy's range is nuts. He heat-checked himself here at night being star, which I liked. There at the end of the game. And what about my man Rick Barnes, who I'm falling in love with over here, letting him go, just letting him play? Well, it, it was the, you know, it was our fear once we saw his capability early. Uh, would, would Rick Barnes allow him to kind of be the offense at times when, when he's cooking? And would he allow him some grace on the defensive end? And I, I think the answer to both those questions are yes. Alabama continues to leak oil. We'll talk about that. Mike Huguenin is going to join us. Kevin Skarbinski as well, uh, who's an excellent guest. We'll talk with K-Scar and Hugie. Alabama's made a hire here uh, off Wisconsin staff for their secondary. Uh, an excellent hire. Uh, I call an ace and ace a spade a spade. Have your a pet spade neutered. Uh, we call it right down the middle here. Alabama's had a rough week and a half, which I've got time for. My popcorn is popping, so to speak, and my sausage is not burning. We'll talk about that. Tennessee, still awaiting word. What's going to happen here with the kid from LSU? I mean, you know, never a dull moment, as they say in the trade. People are starting to rumorate about it. Who knows? 865-200-5402. I threw up an apology today at tclub.team from a man, Ryan Callahan. I trusted the word of a caller, which, uh, you know, who's been great to us down through the years of information. But uh, 
everybody misreads things or misconstrues things, so no harm, no foul there. But one thing about me, when I um, when I throw something out there that you know is not a thousand percent on the level, or we get it, you know, misconstrued a little bit, I own it. I have no problem owning things. No problem. We'll come back on the other side. It will be the great Mike Huguenin as we roll her on back after this. This is Coach Devin Simler from Columbia Central Baseball. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert! Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call mepainfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. 
Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. The generations that have paved the way for us deserve respect, integrity, and compassion. This is Kelly Dobson, owner of Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. My grandmother and mother started this business in 2005, and I was honored to take over in 2012. Licensed and insured, we help our aging community stay in the comfort of their own homes. Online at caringheartshomehealthcarellc.com, by phone 931-381-5470, or in person at 1121 Trawood Avenue here in Columbia. That's Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. Debbie Matthews grew up and lives in beautiful Columbia, Tennessee. As a realtor, she is well-versed in homes, neighborhoods, development, and schools. She wants to share her love of her home state with others to help them find just the right place to raise a family, open a business, or develop a dream. From luxury listings to land, she can handle it all. She is the current leading producer, Nashville Realty Group. Contact Debbie Matthews Realtor at 615-476-3224. That's 615-476-3224. Columbia's own 8th Annual Mid-State Classic Collegiate Softball Triple Header returns on April 2nd at the Ridley Sports Complex. Columbia Central versus Spring Hill at 10 a.m. Then it's Columbia State versus UT Southern at 1.30. And at 5.30, the Lady Volunteers face off against the Memphis Tigers. Tickets are available online at columbiatn.com slash midstateclassic. Tickets are $10 and good for all three games. The Mid-State Classic, April 2nd. See you at the game. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Popping my popcorn, trying to stay warm over here, doing my thing in my corner of the world. Reminder for you, Garza Law, Tennessee basketball overtime. I'll be on the call tomorrow following Tennessee and Alabama, which is Orange Throat documented today, a rare Ken Palm top 10 game. In Thompson Bowling Arena, every bit of an early season signature basketball game. And, of course, Dalton Connect is the story uh, of the early season in the Southeastern Conference. The guy is virtually running away with player of the year right now. Uh, But uh, it's still early. But he is going off right now. I guarantee you my man Mike Huguenin knows about Connect, and I guarantee you he's on his dial as he joins us now. On your TLD Logistics Hotline, Hughie Dalton Connect, me and Beanstar was just saying, the guy's like a generational, once-in-a-generation type talent. You don't see these guys much in college basketball. Senior, it's kind of developed, sort of under the radar, uh, and this guy's got all the tools, man. Yeah, and I, I, as good a coach as I think Rick Barnes is in the regular season, and he has a really good staff. Regular season. I don't think they truly looked at Dalton Connect and say, yeah, this is a guy who's going to average 20-plus points a game and score 34 times in the first 25 games or first 20 games or whatever. I mean, he is playing out of his mind. You know, he had had two good years at at Northern Colorado. He was a big-time scorer. That's the Big Sky Conference. And, you know, he's not the quickest guy defensively. 
and he can be, I think, isolated and taken advantage of on defense. But he's he's a great shooter, um, playing out of his, like you said, playing out of his mind, um, doing a solid job as a rebounder. You know, nothing great, but still solid. Uh, phenomenal free throw shooter, uh, lightening up from three point range. I mean, it's it's really sort of incredible how good he has been this year. The great Mike Hugan and joining us, Hugie, um Did you expect Alabama to take on water like this in this transition? Watson Brown told me a couple weeks ago, he said, look, all this stuff about building programs. And then a caller said something really profound yesterday, which is the whole notion of leaving something better than you found it. Or I'm going to elevate this coach and, you know, when he leaves, even if it doesn't work out, we'll be in a better spot than we are. With this transfer portal and the way these guys just run like rats off a ship now and the freedom of movement of players – I mean, I'm not even sure that's true anymore. It's almost like, I mean, Alabama is under assault right now, Hughie. It's, it's still a good roster. No I doubt. Mean, yeah, so, and, I, you know, I said last week on your show before I knew that Kalen DeBoer was the guy, whoever's the next coach was going to be a human sacrifice of sorts because he's going to, you know, co- like a, coaches are hired to get fired. Well, this, yeah, Kalen DeBoer was hired to be fired. Um, yep. He's not going to have the success Saban did, obviously, and that's going to antagonize people. So if they go nine and three or ten and two this fall, oh my God, what a horrible coach this guy is! What was Greg Byrne thinking? So he's in a no-win situation. Obviously, he's going to be well compensated for his no-win situation. Um, but it is interesting that a lot of guys are leaving. Um, which I think proves the point that a lot of these dudes were going to Alabama because of Nick Saban, not going to Alabama because it's Alabama. And I think if you look at the time between when Bear Bryant retired in 82 and when Saban was hired in 2007, 26 years, um, they had one national title in that 26-year stretch. And they didn't like Gene Stallings, even though he won the national title. They hated Shula. They hated Francione. They hated Bill Curry. They hated Ray Perkins. They're going to hate Kalen DeBoer. So um, I think also the idea that all these kids are going into the portal is a sign that, you know, the Alabama NIL might not be as good as people assumed. Um, and, a lot, again, I think the, the main takeaway for me is that these, a lot of these dudes were there because Nick Saban was there. They didn't want to play football at Alabama. They wanted to play football for Nick Saban. And there is a difference. So Alabama's sort of learning what most of the other most of the rest of the country uh, has been putting up with for decades. It's the, the coach is the most important thing, not the program, the coach. Such a good point. Every every guy um Dubose, oh, Price, Dubose. Right, I forgot Dubose. Shula, they hated them all. Right. Uh, until, uh, un- uh, until what's-his-face showed up. Gene Stallings won, I won think a national Brian, title, I think but they yeah, liked... until Saban got there. Brian, don't so do that. Don't say that out loud. And again, I think the... Don't do that to yourself. The, the idea that the NIL... Oh, Alabama's got great NIL. I, I think this is a sign that, no, maybe their NIL isn't as great as people thought. It's 
they were all there because of one man, and that one man is gone now. But, you know, the the Caden Proctor kid, you tell me he's going to go to Iowa? Now, I know he's from Iowa, but they don't have great NIL. Maybe he's just homesick. But I saw where somebody actually expected him to go to Iowa, go home, and I'm thinking, why would you go play in an offense that, I don't care who they hire, it's going to be a 1987 offense. So, and DeBoer's offense, yeah, I think the guy's a really high-level. Yes, he is. Guy. He's excellent. Really, really. Mm-hmm. Really. Look what he did at Sioux Falls. Mm-hmm. Then he went to Fresno, mm-hmm. had two good years there, went mm-hmm. to Washington, turned them around. I mean, if you watched Washington play in 2020 and 2021 when Jimmy Lake was there, I think I said on your show before, they could have applied for FEMA funds for their offense and <laughs> because it was a disaster area. DeBoer gets there with the same general. Yes, he brought in Michael Penix. Same linemen, same wide receivers, and boom, they take off. So I, I still think that if I'm a high-level wide receiver uh, being recruited right now, uh, I'm interested in playing in that offense. But um, Saban is gone, and the NIL might not be as good as people thought. So it's going to be interesting now to see how Alabama copes, both the players, the new coaching staff, and obviously the fans. The fans are going to be, yeah, it's, oh. they're going to be up in arms. Does the guy understand I don't think the guy, because we're talking to Kevin Skarbinski later on in the hour. I don't think the guy understands what he's walked into. I no, don't I think. Don't know. I, I don't I, think I, anybody I, could understand those no, morons. That's the thing. Every coach has a giant ego, as I said on your show for mm-hmm. two decades. Some just sublimated better. Um, you know, Kiffin's got a giant ego, and everybody knows it. Saban's got a giant ego, everybody knows it. Um, there are coaches out there who are got giant egos, and they they just don't talk to anybody. Um, you know, the guys at Kansas and Kansas State, Chris Kleeman and Lance Leopold, those guys got giant egos, but they coach at Kansas and Kansas State. I'm sure DeBoer looked at at Washington versus Alabama. Alabama's got, obviously got the higher ceiling. But I think I said on another, somebody else's show earlier this week, Kalen DeBoer could have walked down the street in Seattle, and if Pete Carroll was on the other side of the street, no one would talk to Kalen DeBoer. Everybody would be across the street. Well, and that's in Seattle. Other parts of the state, who cares? Kalen DeBoer, no matter where he goes in Alabama, from Mobile to Tuscaloosa to Birmingham to Fairhope to Anniston to Decatur to Florence, if Kalen DeBoer's in town, everybody, oh my God, Kalen DeBoer's here. So the attention... And every little thing that happens in your program is gigantic. And that, I think, is what takes getting used to. Oh, boy. Or you can just be like Saban and trauma bond those people with winning so much, you can just treat them like the absolute insignificant fleas and flies that they really are. Uh, One thing that's happened here, because the Empire is striking back, I do think he's putting together a pretty interesting staff. Which, you know, um, is going to help him in this. Alabama, according to Matt Zenitz, I know a guy you know, is hiring Wisconsin co-defensive coordinator and safeties coach Colin Hertzler. Uh, this is a guy that before Wisconsin worked at Cincinnati and helped the Bearcats finish with the nation's number one pass defense in 2021. He's also a guy, Sauce Gardner, uh, a few other guys that are stars at the NFL level uh, that he were under his tutelage. 
So he's pretty highly thought of. That looks like a pretty good hire from here, uh, Hughie. Yes, I mean, they hired as assistants two sitting head coaches. I mean, think about that. So how much money are these is Alabama paying for assistant coaches? Amen. I mean, it's you know you got the the dude at, at LSU, Blake Baker, making two point five million as their new defensive coordinator, the highest paid assistant in the nation. I wouldn't be surprised if the some of the dudes at Alabama are making as much, if not more. And you wonder if every single position coach on that staff will be making at least a half a million. Great, Mike Seriously. Hugan, and joining. Seriously. Yeah, he's keeping it real, though, on the DeBoer guy. He calls the guy basically a human coaching sacrifice. Uh, I mean, what, even if you hate Alabama, I think you part of you has to sort of feel sorry for this guy because he's going to get torched. They don't win a game by enough points. Uh, they would have won that by 20. Uh, you lose a game, oh, my God, they're going to be all over. Well, they're already on it because there are reports out there yeah, saying that he didn't contact these recruits quickly enough, and that's why they're jumping. And, you know, the funny thing is recruits can say, and I've learned this, right? Recruits can say whatever they want to say about things. doesn't necessarily have to be so. But they're just looking for an excuse and a reason to have their freedom, you know? Again, I think it's a case of, I signed in early de- or mid-December to play for Nick Saban. Oh. I didn't sign to play for Alabama. I signed to play for Nick Saban. He's gone, so I don't want to go here now. Bambers don't realize that. It was yeah. all about Nick Saban. Yes, Hughie. it was. And I think it's all about Kirby, Nick Saban. Kirby Smart's the same way now. And I think there are some coaches. I think if you're an off- if you're an offensive skill position player, I want to go. And you know, you can make fun of Lincoln Riley's defense, but he gets. Offensive skill players to the NFL. Oh, I want to go play for Lincoln or Riley. Um, so it's and back in the day, it was you know I grew up in Georgia. I want to play defense for Vince Dooley. Or in the mid nineties, I want to be an offensive lineman for Phil Fulmer. Boom. I want to be a wide receiver for Steve Spurrier. It, it, those you, you 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 know I don't care what people say. You know you're playing for the front of the jersey. Well, Bull. to an extent, but. You're really playing for yourself, and you're playing. Coaches make a gigantic difference, and it still boggles the mind yep. that here we are in 2024, yep. and people don't understand that. Hey, a longtime coaching buddy of mine. Hey, a longtime, hey, a coaching buddy of mine who's longtime major league guy. He said, "You know what players want from a coach? They want to know you can get them better." He said, "If they know you can get them better, these guys, most guys, are going to get in line and are going to listen to you if they yeah. trust you." If they and if they don't trust you, if they think you're a fugazi, you can forget about it. Let me bring Bino Jeff Henderson in here. Has never been called a fugazi, though. He referred to me earlier in the week, Hughie. I've been on a hot streak picking games. Like I mean, I'm on a heater of all heaters, like four month long heater right now. And I told Bino, I said my new nickname should be Hot Tony, and he said, Tony, your new nickname after your uh, checkup from your la- doctor when he told you to lose weight is actually Fat Tony. <laughs> That's your uh, mob nickname. So Beano's here to keep me grounded. Bean Star hit it. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Uh, it, project ahead for us uh, from a success standpoint. Uh, is DeBoer's tenure going to be more like Stallings or more like all the other guys between Bryant and Saban? I think Stallings because I think he is a good coach, a high-level X's and O's guy, and it certainly appears – as if his staff is going to be quite good. I guess the question is, everybody's coming from somewhere else, 
So the, 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 how the staff meshes is going to be something to watch. Offensively, evidently, he's bringing everybody with him. Defensively, that's the so you got guys from South Alabama, Buffalo, Wisconsin. They're going to be from everywhere. So that's going to be interesting. But I think he is a good enough coach to be a Gene Stallings type there. But after you know, it's like after you've been to the big city, do you want to go back to your town of ten thousand? And that's the case with Alabama. After you've had Nick Saban, are you going to be okay with a coach who wins one national title in seven years? And my response to that is no, they're not going to be. But, again, now they're sort of realizing this is what everybody else goes through. So, And and now I think if you're a Georgia fan, you're thinking, Kirby Smart is the new Nick Saban, which is interesting, too, I think. Well, you know what's funny about that Kirby Smart thing? Uh, A very astute friend of mine said they don't have a pace setter to push them anymore. Um Speaking of Kirby Smart, that whole thing with matching Alabama was a driver in that whole deal. And now, all of a sudden, Saban's gone. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Obviously, Kirby Smart with going out and acquiring the top recruiter in the SEC and paying him a pretty penny and demoting one of his buddies uh, in order to do so in Will Muschamp. Will Muschamp didn't want to spend more time with his family, truthfully? (laughs) That was pretty interesting, wasn't it? Um, but uh, man, maybe Much Jam doesn't care. I don't know. That it is, it is interesting. I'd also like to see what the the salary for Will Much Jam was this past season and what it's going to be going forward. The great Mike Huguenin joining us, Hughie, uh on the way out. Uh, this whole thing is nuts. It's going to continue to be crazy. Next time we talk. Do you believe in your heart of hearts that Jim Harbaugh is still the coach at Michigan? Because no. I keep hearing he's going to be in Los Angeles coaching that great quarterback, where I think they have a chance to win a Super Bowl almost immediately with his uh, imprint on that deal. I think that he, he will go coach the Chargers. I know Atlanta interviewed him yesterday, but if I'm Harbaugh, Atlanta's defense is better than San Diego's, but San Diego has a potential franchise quarterback who – who has been on a team that has been abysmally coached. So I think Harbaugh, and I said it, heck, before they before they even went into the playoffs, that this was going to be his last year in Michigan. He returned them to their you know, spot atop the mountain. He, he's done what he was supposed to do at Michigan. Um, so why not try the NFL again? I mean, he did take yep. San Francisco to the Super Bowl with Colin Kaepernick. Yep. He took the Niners to two other in NFC title games, the guy is a good pro coach. I think he burns some bridges where he is, but I, I think if you're San, if you're San Diego, if you're at Los Angeles Chargers, you put up with Harbaugh with the idea that he will get us to the playoffs on an annual basis where we can actually make some noise once we get there. That goofy geek they had as a head coach who went for it on fourth down in his own 20-yard. What a geek. He was not ready to be a head coach. Nice and geek. I, I'm sort of thinking the same thing for uh, Mr. Sirianni for your Eagles. Oh, hey. Whoa, 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 whoa. Catching strays over here, big boy. He went to the Super Bowl last year. What do you mean he wasn't ready? I, well, he also lost both coordinators. Well, that's true. You saw what happened. So... Hugie, you're, um, you're no, a man. I think I yeah. think Harbaugh's going to the going to the NFL. Um, I, I I cannot believe Michigan would then promote Sharon Moore. No way. Um, the continuity aspect, okay, fine. 
but first time head coach in Michigan. No way. No, I guess Notre Dame did it first time head coach with Marcus Freeman. Yeah. So it's interesting. On the way out, final thought, anything, floor yours. No, the bath, you're right. Tennessee, Alabama is phenomenally important game to an extent. You can still lose and it doesn't matter, but it's still going to be fun to watch. The SEC oh, is really good this year. Uh, not as good as the Big 12, but the SEC is really good. Um, tons of upsets in college basketball, and I think that bodes well for those of us who like wild and woolly action in the NCAA tournament, at least in the first round. But I think um, the Tennessee-Alabama game, uh, to me, is the best college basketball game of the entire weekend. There's a lot of interesting subplots. Interesting that the Alabama coach can push an opposing player, and no one seems to care, which I don't understand that. So, Hughie, you're my man. The league office being in Birmingham, as they say, does have its benefits. <laughs> Take care, buddy. Good nice talk. Comment. Talk to you next week. Good man. talking to you. He knows what I'm talking about on the TLD Logistics Hotline. He knows we keep a row here. So we'll come back on the other side, 865-200-5402. You mean tell me that if the kid at LSU would have pushed somebody, he, he wouldn't be suspended? You mean to tell me that if Calamari put one of his tentacles on somebody, Bri, do, do Octopi have tentacles, Bri? What are those things called that they have? Uh, are those I think, arms? I think they're suctions or something. Suctions? Yeah, like suction. If he put yeah. one of his but suctions no. on him, Jimmy suctions, if he put one of his Jimmy suctions on him, what do you think would happen? Nate well, Oates, no E. They, they, they seem to value Kentucky, too. So. Nate Oates, no yes, E. Nate Oates, no E. What about uh, if uh, Paris, pa- uh, Plaster of Paris over there at uh, South Carolina, if he had put his hands oh, on a Par- guy? What do you think would happen? Paris is going to... Paris is going to jail. Yeah, no question. I mean, you, you got uh, Curtis Wilson. No Curtis Wilson from OP Live. It would be out there. Or Danny Brown sm- smelling weed in his car. Take a brief time out. We'll come back with more. I'm pumped. You ought to be pumped too, because on the other side, Kevin Skarbinski will return and will land on us all. It's incredible. This is Coach Trader's Golf from Columbia Central High School Football. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter like the drywall that somehow 
isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. This is Trey Adcock with Dixie Equipment Sales and Rental. We sell ASV and Wacker Noisen equipment. We also rent a wide variety of compact equipment in the Middle Tennessee area. Come see us. We are located in Columbia, Tennessee at 200 East 16th Street. You can call us at 615-969-0118 or visit our website at www.dixiediesel.com. We have been in business for over 42 years and we would love to help you turn your project into reality. If you have Medicare and Medicaid, you may be able to get more help to cover your care and costs. A United Healthcare Dual Complete Plan can help you get more benefits than original Medicare. Whether you choose our online tools or over-the-phone support, United Healthcare will help you compare options so you can choose a plan with confidence. See if you qualify for a United Healthcare Dual Complete Plan. Call 855 UHC More. That's 855 UHC More. 855 UHC M O R E. Hey guys, it's Jessica Hargrove coming to you from the Grand Reserve at Spring Hill. We want you to unwrap luxury living with us. We have the largest floor plans in the area with two pools, two gyms, rec rooms, and more. Each unit is designed to be your new home and oasis. Our team makes sure to put the community back into everything we do. We have an amazing special going on right now. If you could, give us a call, 931-486-2236, or you can visit our website at grandreservespringhill.com. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. I remember 
way back in the day, having Kevin Skorbinski on my show, this was, God, man, 15, 16 years ago, and he said, hey, a guy to watch for the Alabama job is, are you ready? Nick Saban. That's how, that's how long I've been talking to the great Kevin Skarbinski, <laughs> who's a fixture in that market, whether it's his radio work, his television stuff he's down through, done through the years, his writing, his uh, reporting, his columnizing, whatever it is, Kevin Skarbinski has been a go-to voice in those parts, for a, a really a legendary voice for years and years, and we're blessed to have him on this Friday and Kev, I hope that winter weather hasn't touched you guys. We've literally been paralyzed here. We haven't gone anywhere. I haven't gone out of my house since Sunday. So uh, we had another little winter uh, explosion last night. So I hope you're well, man. Well, thanks, Tony. It's uh, always good to talk to you. We got just a dusting, just enough to make it look pretty uh, with some ice. But I was disappointed, as uh, like you, a, a native Pennsylvanian, uh, I wanted I want to see snow occasionally. Uh, maybe not to the degree that you've gotten, but we were uh, relatively unscathed. Uh, although it's gotten pretty cold here in uh, central north central Alabama, but it's it's nice. Of, you know, of course, it'll feel like spring probably in a week or so. The way the weather is around here, Kev, tell me about the whole Saban thing through your perspective, and just what a wild week and a half it's been there. It has been unlike anything I've experienced in my professional career. And I have to add that I was still in college when Bear Bryant retired and subsequently, uh, startlingly, uh, within a month or so, passed away. So I, I came in, I started in this business as an intern in 1984, which was Ray Perkins' second season. But I was I was aware, but I wasn't in the business. So what what Alabama's going through now, what the state is experiencing, what the SEC is experiencing, you know, uh, is you know the, it's like uh, I imagine for other SEC fan bases and certainly for Auburn folks, it's like watching the statue of uh, uh, Saddam Hussein being toppled except this was voluntary. It wasn't toppled. It, he stepped down and, and unsurprisingly, uh, things have changed r- rather drastically in the last eight or nine days because of that. It was inevitable that Alabama was going to take a hit. Maybe the worst possible time in the history of college football for a legend to retire because of the ability of players, the power that pl- to move, the power that players now have that they did not used to have, you know, they they control the game now more than they ever have, and Alabama is is finding that out on a daily basis uh, with players leaving. Even and, and Nick Saban, look, Nick Saban said to Reese Davis in what I believe has been his only real media availability since his retirement that the way the game has changed, the way it is changing, the way it's going to continue to change, did not impact his decision to walk away. And, and I don't believe that for a second. Uh, I have, you know, you, you talk to people who, you, you think a 72-year-old Nick Saban wants to deal with players coming back after the Rose Bowl, coming into his office and saying, look, I'm going to have to 
I'm going to have to get more money to stay. He, he didn't want to deal with that. And that, was, that, wasn't the, that wasn't the only reason, and I wouldn't measure the percentage of reason. Certainly he is older. He is not, he's in great shape for a 72 year old, but he's still 72. He didn't want to, he couldn't work as hard and grind as much without feeling some after effects the way he used to. So there were, it was a number of things, but uh, the way college football is going is not where he wanted to go. And Kev, that, that fan base and the subsequent DeBoer hire, um, they're kind of getting a dose of reality. Watson Brown, who's on with me weekly, who's just such a great guy. And Love just Watson. Just a wonderful yeah. resource. Just a wonderful guy. You know, he had a great line. He said, used to be back in the day, we would talk about building programs, 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 programs. And, and Brian Hartman on our staff has a term. He, he says it's almost like you're getting pickup teams from year to year now. Uh, the concept of building a program seems so passe. Uh, right now, you would think, oh, Saban leaves, he's leaving this guy a great roster, and then look at all the guys that have leaked out, probably still going to be some leaks to come after spring ball when they're around him, and you were talking about the freedom of movement. Um, it is, it's got to be a wake-up call to those Alabama fans. Well, look, and the older fans certainly understand that there, while there is great power in the brand, in the script A, that alone does not win you championships. It's the people in charge of the brand, stewarding the brand, shepherding the brand, leading the brand, changing the brand, modernizing the brand, all the things that Nick Saban did. But, you know, they also remember that from Bear Bryant's retirement to the hiring of Gene Stallings, there were some very lean years by Alabama standards. And then after Stallings retired until they, they secured Nick Saban, there were even more lean years and even leaner. Uh, they, they, they went through all kinds of turmoil. Uh, the era of the three Mikes, uh, DuBose, uh, Price and Shula and throw in Dennis Franchoni. They were, they were just another football program. So, are they headed back to those days? Are they going to be that? That's the real question. They will never be. And I don't know that any program, even Georgia under Kirby smart, which has the best chance to be a dynasty by our old definitions. I'm not sure anyone can do what Nick will ever do or approach what Nick Saban did for as long as he did it at that level. So there was going to be a, uh, uh, a step back, a step down, but how far is the drop? That's the real question going forward. Is it going to be uh, a Gene Stallings-like thing where they win 70 games over seven years and one national championship? Or is it going to be, you know, the three mics all over again? That, that's the question. And nobody can answer it. Kalen DeBoer has, looks to have all the right stuff. He has a great resume. And every coach but one, uh, going back to Bear Bryant, had a greater winning percentage at Alabama than he did in all of his other stops combined as a head coach, those who were head coaches elsewhere. And Mike DuBose, ironically, was the only one who didn't. He came back after going 24-23 and 23 at Alabama. A few years later, he became the head coach of Division Three Millsaps and won four conference championships in four years. Of course, a little difference between Millsaps and Alabama. Yeah, the gig is... Um... Well, and, and, and with the expectations, you know, Mike Huguenin, who was on with us earlier, he said it's almost like 
whoever the guy was that was going to be hired, it's almost like a human coaching sacrifice. I mean, you hate to use those terms, but nothing this guy does. He said, let's say the guy wins a national championship in seven years, which most people would say, boy, that's great. You know, you're going to win a national championship within seven years for me? Guy, you're a huge success there. You're a failure. Well, even, and Alabama fans don't want to hear this, and they didn't like hearing it. They didn't like hearing it before Nick Saban retired last Wednesday, but his last six years were not the same as his first 11 years. Mm. There was slippage. And again, they won only, and only is, is doing some heavy lifting in this sentence, they won only one national championship in his last six years. They, they did not win one in his last three years. They lost two games each of his last three years. And, and things that most programs would throw parades over were not up to the standards that Nick Saban himself had set. And if you want to draw a line of demarcation, they were not the same after Kirby Smart left. That, that's the thing that jumps out. They won four national championships in nine years with Kirby as the defensive coordinator. They won one in the time since. So, I'm sorry, two in the time since, one in the last six years. So they won four under Kirby, two without Kirby, and like I said, only one in the last six years. So they were coming back to the pack incrementally while programs like Tennessee took a, a leap forward. Yep. Georgia, of course, is the, is the best example. You know, so, and now it's only going to be tougher in the SEC for everyone with Texas and Oklahoma coming in. Oh, and then you got the playoff era, which is really going to be uh-huh. interesting because I know you and I both sort of like the pro game as well. And, and I think college football eventually turns into the pro game where it's who's hottest, who's healthiest at the end of the year. I mean, my Eagles just absolutely literally imploded after a 10 and one start and you know they don't they don't give titles out they don't give titles out for what you do in your first 11 games at that level and and it's to some respect uh college ball i think once we get used to this and the player you know the kind of the talent the um sort of uh matriculates around the country with the freedom of movement among these top teams i think college ball is a chance to turn into that but for right now georgia's got a little death star thing going on that acquisition of um, of of them adding the the best recruiter in the sport off Bama's roster that couldn't have been taken too kindly there. No, and, and it it shows you the value of Traveris Robinson. Yes. that after he after he decided to go to Georgia, they made an you know he they announced it was going to be co defensive coordinator that they made a push to bring him back and it was unsuccessful. So that, that is the key to all of this. And that's, you know, again, you know, the five-star quarterback, signee early enrollee, Julian Sayan, that came out this morning, obviously, that he's, he's entered the transfer portal. It's not as much, it, it, certainly it hurts that they leave, period. But where do they go? If Caleb Downs, who was the best player on Alabama's football team this year as a freshman safety, he has, he has, stardom written all over him. He was as consistent a playmaker. He was a leader. He understood the defense. He was as, as someone else has coined, you know, he, it's as if Nick Saban created a safety in a laboratory, it would have been Caleb Downs for, you know, him leaving, uh, all of these guys, he's uh, supposedly most likely going to go to Georgia. So it's one thing to lose these guys, but if they go to teams in the sec, 
that you're going to play on, on a regular basis, if not every year. Teams that you've got to beat to win the SEC championship. Teams you might have to beat if you make the playoff. And that, that expands to teams like Ohio State, Michigan, et cetera. Then that just makes it all the worse, losing that kind of talent. Bino, Jeff Henderson, get in here with the great Kevin Skarbinski, who's nice enough to join us. Let me do one thing before we do this for our listener. I'm going to play a legal, a quick legal. We'll keep it live and legal. WJBE, 1040 AM, 99.7 FM. Translator, W259AP. Powell, Knoxville. Bino, Jeff, you're on with Kevin Skarbinski. Go for it. Hey, Kevin. Uh, Nick Saban uh, maintaining a presence around the program. Good thing, bad thing, no never mind thing. Uh, it's a, that's a great question, and it's a, a to-be-determined to thing, really. Let, let's be honest. If part of the reason, which I, I believe is the case, that he got an office in the stadium, not in the football complex, but in the stadium, and, and is going to be some kind of advisor in some capacity, ambassador without portfolio, to Kalen DeBoer, it hasn't worked so far, has it? Because one of his charges was certainly to try to keep the roster intact as much as possible. That has not worked out well with not only the number of players that are leaving, but the caliber of players. And again, you know, Isaiah Bond, who was, <laughs> he's part of the painting that Daniel Moore, the famous uh, Alabama artist, is putting together on fourth and 31, the incredible game winning touchdown pass against Auburn, leaving to go to Texas is, is maybe the epitome of what we're witnessing. You know, he's he was, was going to go down, if he never caught another pass at Alabama, which now he won't, he was going to go down in Alabama history for that play alone, and now it'll be interesting to see how he's regarded 10, 15 years from now. Do, do these guys come back for the reunions? You know, that's, uh, college football is so different now. That it is, it is almost unrecognizable in so many ways. But Saban's continued presence is going to be what it is, what it means, is going to be fascinating to watch because I, I, I thought Kalen DeBoer was a little too, um, uh, obsequious. He was a little too bend, you know, he bent the knee a little too much to Nick Saban at his introductory press conference. You know, saying that he wanted Saban, for example, to tell him, to give him one thing every day that they can improve on. Uh, you know, that's a little over the top. Kalen I, I, DeBoer does not need to be talking to the former coach every day. That, that's, that's impeding what Kalen DeBoer wants to get done, and it also creates a little bit of confusion. Okay, who's really in charge here? If a player thinks, and you know this is, this is going to happen, if it hasn't already, a player that signed with Alabama under Nick Saban, and maybe he's not playing as much as he thinks he should under Kalen DeBoer, or he's just unhappy with some circumstance, maybe his NIL deal, I don't know. And he goes not to Kalen DeBoer, but he goes to Nick Saban. That's a problem. And that seems inevitable, like I said, if that hasn't already happened to some degree. So I, I, I think I don't think Saban wants to be that guy, that presence hovering over the program. I think he wants to help. I think he is more invested and truly is invested in Tuscaloosa in Alabama, in the university, in the state, more than he ever was. At first, he was a mercenary when he got there, and he truly became part of this state primarily after the tornadoes of 2011, the killer tornadoes. 
so he was invested in that place, and he yeah. wants it to do well. But I don't know how much of an impact he can have on that going forward, to be honest. Kevin Skorbinski joining. Was he involved in the hiring process, like trying to find his successor? Was I know some of these guys want to put their imprint on a thing. Um, I think Rick Barnes wants to do this um, eventually with a, with a hoops program. Uh, allegedly, we were going to talk uh, college basketball with you today, but um, and that is alleged, by the way. Um, <laughs> how how involved was Saban in terms of finding his successor, if at all? I believe that he did not necessarily hand pick his successor. I believe that he certainly gave his stamp of approval. And, and Kalen DeBoer was, was on Greg Burns' short list. And, and that, that's not a surprise. Uh, Greg Byrne has a, he has a wide angle view of college athletics beyond the state of Alabama, beyond the Nick Saban coaching tree, beyond the SEC. So, you know, he's the guy who found, who brought Nate, didn't find him because Nate was having success. Nate Oates was having success at Buffalo, but he brought in a basketball coach from Buffalo that, that if, if Alabama basketball fans were honest and you polled them at the time, a lot of them wouldn't have known, couldn't have picked them out of a lineup. And all he's done is, is lead that basketball program to, two regular season and two SEC tournament championships in the last three years. So it's not a surprise that it wasn't a member of the Saban coaching tree or someone with Alabama or SEC coaching experience. And that will be forever debated uh, if Kalen DeBoer does not win at the level that Alabama thinks it should win. It's not going to win at the level some Alabama fans think they should win, and that was already not happening under Nick Saban. So, Anyway, it's uh, it's going to be fascinating going forward. Uh, I, I, but again, I don't think Saban said, "Okay, go get Kalen DeBoer," or you should choose him other than uh, uh, you know instead of. I will say this: uh, Lane Kiffin, because of the because of who he is, the way he left Alabama, the way Al- Nick Saban again. This is one of the most extraordinary things of the Saban era that doesn't get much play anymore. One of the most extraordinary things was. Nick Saban feeling compelled to kick Lane Kiffin to the curb and tell him to move on, go ahead and start your head coaching career at Florida Atlantic, rather than staying one more week to coach in the national championship game with a freshman quarterback in Jalen Hurts after the 2016 season is, is just extraordinary. So that's, and there are people at Tuscaloosa that will never forget that. That's why. That's one of the reasons Lane Kiffin had no shot at this job. So he had zero chance. Zero. Steve Sarkeesian, he had a chance. Uh, he's well thought of in, in Tuscaloosa. And of the, of the guys on the Saban tree, and Dan Lanning, who is, you know, he's a, he's a smaller branch, if you will, on the Saban tree. He was there as a grad assistant. Kirby's last year as defensive coordinator. And, of course, he went later and worked for Kirby as his defensive coordinator at Georgia before getting the Oregon job. Uh, he was well thought of. And, and, but of the guys that you really think of as Saban guys, uh, I think Sark was the guy who had the, had the most support or the most play or number of people that would have loved to see him return. It's really interesting um, the way he has kind of rehabilitated his image himself, everything that he's been through. You, you can't help but root for a guy like that. I mean, it's kind of a wonderful story. We all know people who, and and maybe some of us who are listening, struggle with uh, certain things, and um, life is 
full of second chances, and I serve a God who honors them. So all the above um, kind of resonate with me when you talk about Sarkeesian and the job they've done. And you, you mentioned uh, Lane Kiffin. It's kind of set up now for him to jump into that Florida gig. You've seen this league for a long time. Do you think one of these big jobs, do you think somebody takes a chance on him, or do you think he's still too risky? What do you think about Lane Kiffin when you ponder him? Well, I can, you know, rewind back a year to Auburn's coaching search. And there were people there that were convinced he was coming. They, they believed he was the guy. They, they understood his baggage. They were willing to accept that for the upside they believed that he would have brought. And they believed he had, had matured, which he has to some degree. He's never going to outgrow some of his childish antics, it looks like, thanks to, <clears throat> thanks to the presence of social media. But uh, he was very, very well thought of, not, not universally there, but they really believed that he was coming. And, and so that was an SEC school that seemed to be ready to hire him, and then things, a number of things, turned and that's how they ended up with you freeze but uh what will someone give him a chance look if he if he gets in the playoff which he if you look at the t- his team coming back looks like they have an excellent chance to do that next year maybe he can get Ole Miss in the SEC championship game for the first time ever maybe he can get that team in the playoff if he continues to win and do things that Ole Miss has never done or has done rarely Someone will give him an opportunity, or at least someone will will go after him and make him make a decision. But Alabama was never going to be that someone. So Auburn wanted him. Yes, yes. Some prominent people at Auburn wanted him. Yes. Did Again, they, it was not universal. So it wasn't the right people. It wasn't but, the right people. No, no. There were some of the right people. No, no. It. it, it I, what I believe is, and again, these things are so are so fluid. And you can get two different answers from two different people involved in the process. So it's really hard to pin down exactly what happened in a coaching search. But I believe from the people that I trusted at Auburn that they they were believed he was coming and that he changed his mind. That he decided to stay at Ole Miss for a variety of reasons. I knew it was over. You remember in the Egg Bowl that year? It was rainy. It was foggy. It was nasty. And almost scored an early touchdown, and Kiffin's son was on the sideline, on a on the shoulders of one of the oldest players, shooting a uh, fire extinguisher, uh, like a like a smile, <laughs> like and 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 the smile on his face. I knew it was over then. Uh, it was already starting to trend because, and, and also remember, there was a a reporter in Mississippi. It was a television reporter, and I wish I could remember his name. He got excoriated for it, but he was not wrong. He reported, he probably jumped the gun a little bit, but he reported at the beginning of Egg Bowl week that Kiffin was leaving for Auburn. He was on to something. He was not, he was not uh, making things was, up. Yeah, and that's how this yeah. works, because you and I both know in the reporting game that when you say something, um, and when, what we try to do is we try to deal in the current here, you know, so this is what I'm hearing, this is what I'm hearing, and then people come after you and they're like, well, that wasn't true because it didn't happen. That doesn't necessarily mean... Just because something doesn't happen doesn't mean that at the time you said it, it wasn't true. Because that happens right. all the time. It's like covering recruiting. You know, this stuff yep. is so fluid. It's literally second by second by second by second. Brian Hartman wants to jump in here. And, Kev, I know you got a roll, but thank you so much, man, for giving us some time today. Go ahead, Brian. 
Yeah, I was just wanting to ask about the game tomorrow, basketball. What? Nate Oates, the other night, Woo. he uh, <clears throat> put his hand on one of the Missouri players. And is it interesting what what went into his what went into the decision to give him a public reprimand? Was there a chance that they might he was facing a suspension? How did that go down? It's a good question. Yeah, it's a good yeah. question. Yeah, I think if you and that should be a heck of a game tomorrow, by the way. Um, if you if you really look at the incident, if you break, if you really study the film, back it up, rewind it, and and I watched it a million times, it, it's not as egregious what he did as some people would like to think. Now, having said that, he he should not have put his hand on the Missouri player's chest, but the officials had that thing under control. They separated the two guys, one from Missouri, one from Alabama, who were battling for a rebound. The Alabama player got called for a foul. They both latched onto the ball, wouldn't let go. But two officials immediately, one one backed off the Alabama player, another backed off the Missouri player, and it would have ended, but here came Aiden Shaw jawing at, uh, I believe it was Estrada, Aaron Estrada for Alabama. And when he came into the picture, that's when, because he was advancing on Estrada, and who was being held back by an official. That's when Nate Oates stepped in and said, you know, put his hand on his chest and pointed him back toward his bench. Uh, you should not put your hands on on an opposing player. That's a pretty right. much a, yes. an unwritten rule. And and I thought it would it wouldn't have been a surprise if he'd gotten suspended for a game or at least fined. I guess uh, Greg Sankey felt a reprimand was sufficient. I'm not outraged over that. I, I don't think this is. And I know. Look, the pro, I think part of the problem is people have unfairly so in my. And this is a whole another conversation for a whole another day. What happened at Alabama last year? Involved, you know that the basketball program was. Oh. Connected to Nate Oates got unfair. I thought got unfairly painted as some win at all costs, don't care about anything but W's kind of guy. And based on what I know, and I did a lot of reporting on that in that situation, and that I mean that trial hasn't even happened yet for the two young men wow. accused of murder. So any one of them a former Alabama basketball player. So I think there's a there's a negative opinion of Nate Oates, and he's very obviously he's emotional, he's fiery. Uh, on the sideline, he gets texts. He, you know, uh, he just rubs a lot of people the wrong way. But also, what and what really rubs people the wrong way is, like I said, he's won two SEC championships in the last three years. Hey, Kev, on the way out, tomorrow's going to be wild, I think. It's going to be a great game. Um, I really appreciate your time. Can you share with the listener how they can read your stuff, follow you? It's such an insightful, terrific appearance by you, as usual. I hope you'll come back and do it again. Well, always, I will gladly do it, Tony. I always enjoy visiting with you, and thank you for that opportunity. Yes, the best way to uh, keep up with my work is to follow me on Twitter slash X at Kevin Skarbinski. Very simple. And you can, you can keep up with my weekly columns in the Birmingham Lead. That's a subscription publication affiliated with the Alabama Media Group. It's Birmingham Lead, L-E-D-E dot com. It's like a newspaper delivered to your inbox every day. You can subscribe to that. You can subscribe to my newsletter, which is called Scarbo Knows. comes out every Thursday through AL.com, and you can find links on there on how to subscribe. And if you subscribe to my newsletter, you also can get everything that I write for the lead. So uh, so that's a good way to keep up with me. And then, of course, I'm, as a freelancer, I do 
you know, I write for different publications. Uh, I also do, as you mentioned, TV work. I, I'm the host on Alabama Public Television now, carries the Alabama State High School Football and Basketball Championships, and I'm the on-air host for both. Uh, looking forward to the basketball coming up. I had a great time at football in Brian Denny Stadium this past uh, November, December. So, anyway, check. I hope people will keep up. And uh, there's, plenty, there's never a dull moment as a person involved in the sports world in the state of Alabama. One of the reasons I stayed, and with another another story we could talk about one day, is when I had a choice between working for the Knoxville News Sentinel Boom. or the Birmingham News after I finished my internship at the Birmingham News. We can talk about that someday. So who I'll would have been the uh, who would have been the sports editor at the Sentinel at the time? Al Browning. The, gr- <laughs> the great ah, Al Browning. That's classic right there, man. Great name. Yes. Hey, uh, Kev, the, the thing people have asked me down through the years, like my friends that are in Philly doing this or wherever, and they're like, you're still there, man. Like, what do you? And I'm like, you have no idea. Yeah. You do not have to come up with material when you're in a place like this. <laughs> it never no. ends. You've seen so many great, like, unforced errors, crazy things down through the years, oh. nutty-ass press conferences. I mean, we could sit there literally probably and do a podcast for, like, uh, 20 hours of some of the insanity <laughs> we've seen here. And the fans, uh, we do a post-game show, you know, and we're on, like, six, seven hours sometimes after football games. People ask me, why mm-hmm. do you do it? And I say, it's just so great to be ingrained in all this, to be in the middle yeah. of it. The pro markets don't get this, Kev. They just don't. Yeah, you got an audience that cares, that cares deeply oh. and passionately, sometimes over, the, sometimes mm-hmm. too much, mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. and sometimes it goes uh, beyond the pale. But, mm-hmm. but they're the people that are listening, they're watching, they're reading, and, and like I know you do, I appreciate them very, very much. Appreciate you, buddy. Thanks. Thanks, Tony. Have a great weekend. Kevin Skorbinski, one more time on the TLD Logistics Hotline, online at tldlogistics.com. Our colleague, Sean Sinclair, um, in the middle of that, sent us a text, Bino, saying that he found that that appearance from him to be off the hook, extremely revelating, a lot of great stuff, really insightful. People say, Tony, why have you spent an hour and 15 minutes talking about Alabama? Let me clue you into something here. Somebody brought this up yesterday. I'm going to expound upon this next week. It's going to be a theme of this offseason. And, Bino, I want to know why you think this is, if you agree with it. Someone called the show yesterday, and I forget, it might have been Rusty, and said that if you go back and look through the last 40 years of Tennessee and Alabama football, and we've played each other down through the years, the entire time, dating back to the uh, Stone Age, but... If you look in the modern era, take 1970 on. Generally, when we're up, they're down. When they're up, we're down. In the last, if you, in the last 40 years, there have only been two seasons where Tennessee and Alabama both finished in the top 10 in the same year. One of them was the year that's, and I haven't looked at it yet, but this is what he said. I, I, I on its face, I believe it. So I might be repeating something that. It is erroneous here, but nonetheless, it makes sense in my brain having lived through this. And, Bino, I want to see if this makes sense to you. Um, the one year was the year that Stallings won the Natty there. Tennessee was in the top ten that year. They were very good. And the second year uh, was uh, two years ago 
where Tennessee blitzed them in Neyland Stadium with that passing game. But Alabama was very good nonetheless and a national factor, as we were. Bino, that's why this is a significant story, what's going on in Alabama right now. People can say, oh, you're boring me. You're this, you're that. It's extremely important uh, that they're kind of coming apart at the seams a little bit and coming back to reality, as Skarbinski just said. It's extremely important, Bino. I don't think you can talk about it enough. No, Tom, I mean, it's... It's been a series that rarely have things gone in ones. It's been a really, really streaky series. Um, you know, since uh, since Bright kind of righted the ship, uh, they they've had the very best of it. Uh, but you know, we had a long we had a long stretch there in Fulmer's tenure uh, where we had the upper hand. So yeah, it. Go ahead, ben. The, I'm numbers, sorry. Uh, the numbers suggest exactly what you're saying, that it's a rare thing when both programs are really strong. Why? Well, I, w- I want to know. You. I want to drill down on that in the next several weeks. Why? I should ask Kevin that. It, it's got to be a why. It's got to be a reason, right? got to be a reason. I think, I think in uh, 1996, Tennessee finished 10-2 and two that year, and Alabama, I think, was 9-3 and three total. They uh, they they actually came to Neyland Stadium undefeated, and Tennessee beat them twenty thirteen. Yep. And so they, I think both teams were pretty good that year. I think both teams probably finished, I'd say, in the top fifteen easily because they were nine and three. Tennessee was ten and two. But the measure is the top ten, and the point is, but the point it is, hasn't Brian, been too many like that. Yeah. The point is, generally, if they go off into the wilderness, we're about to be pretty good. It's kind of like the yin and yang of those Florida teams. Look at it right now. Florida State, and you can say, well, doesn't really, it doesn't really matter because, you know, it's a transfer portal. No, it does matter. It, it's continuing. When Florida State's very good, Florida is a little down. When, or Miami's a little down. Or both are down. There seems to be a yin and a yang relationship to those programs. Even in this era, look, look at what Florida is doing right now and look at where Florida State is. Think about it. I, I don't know what. So obviously there's some kind of connection there. There, there. there has to be something ground into the soil that that makes this so. Uh, unless, Bino, maybe that's a bad observation by Rusty. If it's a good observation by Rusty, then it's something for Tennessee fans to hang their hat on because it's a trend that should help the Vols. I mean, wouldn't you think? Even though you're no longer competing in that linear BCS world of... Now it's a playoff sport. Okay, fine. But it's still going to help you when they're down. If they're in your region, they're on your schedule every year. And Kevin said something that's really interesting. You know, Isaiah Bond leaves, right? And and all of a sudden, you're Alabama and you're thinking, well, he went to Texas. They're in another league. Now they're in your league. If uh, Caleb Downs leaves and you go, well, you know, Georgia's not really on our schedule. No, 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 no. You're going to have to play them. You're going to have to deal with them if you're Alabama. And I just think that's a really interesting thing that when they're up, we're down. When we're up, they were down on the bottom. They're, to the young kids, they're, um, the, the, the greatest thing they could do 20 years ago was to subpoena Philip Fulmer and try to drag him into court because they couldn't beat the Vols on the field. Now, that's true. 
people can sit there and go, well, you know, that's, that's a bad read of that, and that's really not accurate. Actually, Bino, that's exactly what happened. Fulmer had such and a command over them that they had to subpoena him. If you remember he, the he subpoena. to the SEC media days because he didn't want to go in the state of Alabama and, and risk getting that's exactly right. dragged away or that something. That happened. He had to do his SEC media appearance by yes. a remote, youngsters, like by phone. Youngsters, you are under... Youngsters, you are under wings right now. And then the piece about Lane Kiffin and Auburn is really interesting to me. Kevin talking about that being... I don't know why Lane Kiffin's interesting to me, but he's like a glorious train wreck almost. But he's... Well, his... But he's really talented. Yeah, he started out really his coaching career in college here for one That's year. Right. That's right. And it was right at the downfall of the program. So, yeah, we're always going to be linked to Lane Kiffin. And what could this have been? What do you think, Tony, Ben? I, I yeah. think that the, uh, I, I think that's an, an accurate read uh, as far as the up and down of Tennessee and Alabama. Uh, it, it, it is rare and has been uh, since the early 70s for both of them to be good in the same year. I, I would hazard one guess, Tony, uh, and I, I have no idea if this is anywhere close to being accurate. Yeah, I've told you several times on here uh, that uh, once Tommy West, I can't remember if it was you and I or Brocky and I that Tommy West told that he always thought it was a misnomer for Tennessee fans to worry about the number of players in state number of D1 players in state because his contention was they were so close by, even if they weren't in state, his contention was that you could draw a, a trace of the state of Tennessee just below where it sits. And there's all kinds of football players in that footprint. My best guess would be that when Tennessee is good, they get more than their share of the difference makers in that trace of Tennessee that would include northern Alabama, wow. northern Georgia. Wow. Uh, and, and when we're not, Alabama gets them. It's a really great thought because somebody sent me an email. And, and Georgia, gets the, Georgia gets more of them now, obviously. Somebody sent me an email who's pretty versed in recruiting, and they said, look, man, Nick Saban's really hurt us taking players out of the mid-state and the western part of our state. And that's probably going to be over now, which bears repeating um, and kind of lines up with what Bino is saying. Plus, if you think about Tennessee's national championship team, just off the top of your head, like a Fred Weary, he came from Alabama. T. Martin was from Alabama. Um, God, there's a couple other guys I just had on top of my head that were right in that region. Cozy Coleman and Deion Cozy Coleman, Deion Grant. Jamal Lewis were all... Georgia and, and those guys, those guys would all be either at Alabama or Georgia today. All those guys. To your point, Brian, that's really good thought, Bean. Now, obviously, look, I, I don't hide from this. Georgia's taken on Death Star qualities, but they can only get so many players. And one thing you saw about the portal this year is that. Players only love you when they're playing. It's a great Stevie Nicks lyric, and it's so true. I mean, thunder only happens when it's raining, although I've seen thunder snow. I was here in uh, 
The blizzard of '93 being on the middle of the night, I'll never forget the thunder snow. That was uh, that was new to me. Um, but players really these days they want to play, so you can only grab so many. The fact that Alabama is going into the wilderness, and Rusty made me think about this. It's why we got K Scar on the show today to sort of unpack that. And I find that for the thinking fan, which I do, even though we do get silly on here, uh, this is the home of the thinking fan. Uh, there's no question. I mean, this show, the stuff we pump out, the high-level stuff, and we choose to do it and get granular is better than anything you're going to hear anywhere. No offense anybody, but it is what it is. Uh, even they know that. The truth is, and I'm being humble, the truth is that there's something to that. There has to be something to that. Now, the reasons why, like Bino just said, I've never even thought about that Tommy West thing. So, Bino, he didn't. He must have been you and Brock that he said that to on the Calhoun Saturday conversation back in the day. But that is a tremendous thought that you could redraw the state of Tennessee uh, from Memphis down in that region. Um, boy, that's... That's per, that that that's got me thinking right here on the fly, which I don't know if people want that to happen. Smoke might come out of my ears. In the meantime, we'll get some calls in, and also I want Matt Dixon to jump in here as well. Special request, Matt Dixon. I I want to visit on this Dalton Connect guy. What we're seeing, what this is. I want Bino to put this thing in historical context for us too, in terms of. Scores at the University of Tennessee, not basketball players. I'm talking about scores because scoring the basketball, Conzo Martin, scoring the basketball, which he used to say, is um, it, it's kind of a lost art. And we'll come back on the other side. It might be a lost art in certain circles, but Dalton Connect is an artist. If scoring the basketball truly is an art, uh, we got Rembrandt doing his thing. And, and, and Thompson Bowling Arena is like the Louvre as we continue with more after this. This is Trip Stoltz with Columbia Ace Hardware. I love listening to 101.7 WKOM-FM, Columbia, Tennessee. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Hello, this is Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. Garnets begin the year as January's birthstone. Garnets are also the gemstone that are traditionally gifted for a second wedding anniversary. Here at Tillis Jewelry, we have a variety of garnets to fit your budget, whether you prefer vintage or modern. Next time you visit us, be sure to mention this ad and receive 10% off your purchase. You deserve something new to begin the new year. Follow us at Facebook and Instagram. 
Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, the 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Football season is here, and that means tailgating starts now. Come see us at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard and let us help you get your backyard game ready. We are open Monday through Friday from 7 to 7 and on Saturday from 8 to 4. Go Vols! Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. I am Jack Blackstone. I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Hey, this is Seth Moss at Tennessee Valley Equipment, a premier FAE Prime Tech, Bandit, and Shearex dealer. We are your dealer for all of your land clearing and forestry mulching needs. We sell equipment, provide repair service, and parts along with a rental fleet of mulching equipment. We also offer mulching teeth, blades, and sharpening. Our number one priority is getting you up and running as quickly and affordable as possible. Tennessee Valley is located at 300 Santa Fe Pike in wonderful Columbia, Tennessee. Stop by or give us a call today at 931-981-9812. 
Don't let pain keep you out of the game. Murray Regional Physical Therapy's experienced team of therapists can help you recover from surgery, injury, or illness by designing a plan that meets your unique needs. We utilize state-of-the-art equipment and proven techniques to help you get back to doing the things you love. Schedule a consultation at any of our convenient Southern Middle Tennessee locations by calling 931-380-4014. Murray Regional Health, where clinical excellence meets compassionate care. In Tuscaloosa, we live by the blue-collar basketball motto. Stepping back, deep three, bottom. Hard work. Two on one, driving, stepping through, tough shot, got it to go. Dedication. Front court to the rack. Oh! And teamwork. Play the song for the champions of the Southeastern Conference. Join us for every game right here on your home for Alabama basketball. Right here, Saturdays on WKOM 101.7 FM. Debbie Matthews Realtor and her husband Jason, who is a pro songwriter, also own a music publishing company. They live in historic downtown Columbia with their dogs. Dog rescue work is their passion project. They consider Middle Tennessee their backyard and their lives are full of all things Tennessee. Debbie says there is no greater honor than to help someone find a home. To be trusted with that job, there is no greater privilege. Call Debbie at the Nashville Realty Group, 615-476-3224, 615-476-3224. This is Clayton Harris and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. TB back with you as we welcome you back. We were having a pre-production meeting before this segment. 865-200-5402. We've had folks on hold for forever. I'm sorry, but we, we had to do what we had to do today on the TLD Logistics Hotline. Hope you understand. Try to understand. Try, try, try to understand. Bino's a magic man. Bino, Jeff Henderson on this Friday. Uh, scores in your lifetime, you, you, you and Tennessee basketball go back to what? Uh, 65, Tony. All right. So, modern era on Beanstar, from your perspective, Dalton Connect, let's put it in perspective here. Uh, well, Tony, because of the way the game has changed, he's the only three-level scorer I've ever seen here. The only one I've ever seen here. Uh, Bernard King could have been. The game didn't allow it. Uh, Dale Ellis could have been. The game didn't allow it. Uh, Ernie Grumfield could score from pretty much anywhere on the court. Um, uh, Tony White and Alan Houston were basically outside scorers. But I, I think there are probably only three guys that could have, that could have done, or, or two guys other than Connect that could have scored at all three levels like he did, and that's Bernard and Dale Ellis to me. In my opinion, in my opinion, he's easily a top five scorer here, and because of the way the game's played, he's he's a more efficient scorer than anyone we've ever had. It's interesting you'd bring Dale Ellis up just to show you how much the game has changed. Because Dale Ellis, for the uninitiated, and I'd encourage uh, youngsters interested in a topic like this to look at nba all-time lists well i'm gonna do it right now because when ellis played even back in the 80s uh the three-point shot was not as utilized as it is today in modern basketball it's utilized a lot more because the study of sport and analytics and the study of statistics easy for me to say study of statistics has dictated that 
people shoot more three balls now than they did. Back in his day, the three ball was a curiosity. Uh, let me look this up real quick. All-time NBA three-point shooting career. Uh, I would imagine Dale Ellis is still up on that list. Let's see here. Uh, you've got Stephen Curry. You've got, uh, let's see, um, Ray Allen, James Harden, Reggie Miller, Lillard, Kyle Korver, Clay Thompson, LeBron James, Vince Carter, Jason Terry, Pierce, Lowry, Kidd, Johnson, uh, Wesley Matthews. Good gosh. Dale Ellis for a long, long time. I wonder how, I don't see his name, but he was way up there. And he led several years in his day. He uh, he led the um, uh, led the league in three pointers. So he was a great shooter in his day. Uh, and like Matt Matt Dixon, who now joins, your point about Ellis is who I see is twenty nine on that list. Dale Ellis is twenty nine, which is incredible. That's a guy that played forty years ago, and he maintains top thirty status. Because in the modern era, those guys have all blown by him. But, Matt, your point about Ellis is? He, he was kind of the first prolific three-point shooter in the NBA. I think he won a, one or two three-point contests. And the, it's crazy because we've talked about it before. He was like a back-to-the-basket center at Tennessee. Like he was a true in-the-paint guy. And then in the NBA, he expanded his game you know, kind of like Grant Williams has, but in a much bigger way. And he's became like he was one of the the very first you know three point shooters in the NBA, and he was a a true five at Tennessee, which really means he could have really big you know really would have translated in today's game better than he did then. I remember watching Supersonic games and seeing him on that floor, and he kind of had that really uh, he was just a cool looking dude to begin with. And and then interviewing him years later, and and he was like, you know, I I don't hold it against um, Don DeVoe. They had to do what they had to do here. He said, I always knew I could shoot the basketball, though. They knew I could shoot the basketball in practice. They just didn't ask me to shoot the basketball. His teammates said he could shoot the basketball in practice. He knew he could shoot it. Um, It's a different game now. Dalton Connect is so incredibly fun. In my lifetime, guys, of being here, the only guy that's given me the feeling Connect gives me when he when he gets the ball on offense is Chris Lofton. When Chris Lofton got the ball, you just kind of held your breath because you knew you were about to see something. And and Connect Bino is the only guy that's made me feel that way. And, and I've been here since '87. Yeah, yeah, and I failed to mention Chris Lofton, which is a huge oversight. Yeah. It was an absolutely great score here. I, I agree with you, Tony. And Grant Williams uh, was probably uh, a three-level scorer as as well, uh, just maybe not to the level that we see Connect. You know, how great is Connect that Chris Lofton went from uh, like a standard setter to someone that you could almost forget about and overlook? Like Bino just did. Oh, nobody overlooks Chris Lofton, Brian. Come, Come on, on, Brian. What are you talking about? Poor Connect Brian. Connect a much more well-rounded score. Lofton's a better shooter. Yes. Just strictly from three. Yeah. But And Lofton was sneaky good at getting to the rim um, because yeah. teams because teams 
you know, played him so close to the three-point line. But Kanae's a much more well-rounded scorer, as as was Allen Houston. Although, you know, I've said this before, there's like a 15-year loss period where you can't find games of those like on YouTube. Like, there's no games of Allen Houston on YouTube available when he was in college. There's a really, reason for that. Really disappointing. Yeah, there's like, a- I think we talked about that with Greg Bell when he did some of the post-game shows. It's really weird. Like, there's more games of of Ernie and Bernie on YouTube than there are of Allen Houston. Even though there was much more televised basketball, I guess a lot of people just burn the uh, burn the video. Should we go to the phones, guys, and soil the show, or what? Do you, what do you all think? You know, what do you think? Absolutely, we got to go to the phones, Tony. Soil the show, or you got any more Alabama guests? Colin show, Dixie. I did ask Garbinski about the Nate Oates thing. I'm got yeah. Is there not some, another Alabama guest you could have on for to get us through the rest of the week? Tony, I, I'm uh, I'm I'm firmly on your side in the Watson Brown deal. Hey, there, there's none of us that ever care if Alabama wins another football game, uh, but that that mean that you shouldn't show him uh, the respect and tolerance that he deserves. Back to the phones we go. Yeah. Um... And then Titans Bill yesterday had a really unfortunate phone call um, as he he just devolved yesterday before our very eyes. I love the guy, but, I mean, he, he borderline faces suspension, I, I would think. But let's go to the phones and get our first call in. Hello and welcome as we uh, finally go to the phone lines today. Hello and welcome in. Yeah, Tony, I deserve to be suspended. Of course, what I did was very uncalled for, and I will apologize for this. But the remark, of course, typical Watts Brown is because why he's a Vanderbilt alum. And, of course, anybody that's a Vanderbilt alum, they're the ones that sort of dislikes Tennessee. All right, so kind of apologizing, kind of doubling down, I'm not sure if that's an apology. What did you say? Uh, let's let's review the tape here about Watson Brown. You said yesterday for those that missed it. I called him a front run moron. <laughs> Bino, can you say that on the air and get away with it? And what did you say when I asked you to address Brian Hartman? Uh, what was your um, your tack toward him? I told him to take it and stick it. Bino, in your... Cut me off. You know, Bino, I've really tried down through the years to be sort of a vessel of healing, I think you would say, among Brian and, and Bill. I don't know that I've succeeded, uh, Bino. Uh, no, I, I don't know that you've succeeded, Tony. You, you definitely have not succeeded. Uh, and... Uh, you know, you've succeeded at being the dean of discord. Matt Matt Dixon, you're like uh, Ryan in the office. You started the fire yesterday. Do you feel responsible for this? You started the fire, Matt. Well, the, the, the Titans build brown heat and fire has been going on for a long time. But I just, I just wanted to stand up for the Tennessee fans who some of them were questioning whether this was becoming an Alabama radio show. Uh, Bill... I'm going to give you the floor. Go ahead and apologize to Brian. And, Brian, I'm going to open your microphone up. Brian, I want you to receive this apology. Go ahead, Brian. I, I Open the microphone. Brian, is your mic open? 
I want you to receive this apology. Go ahead, Bill. Be the bigger man here and apologize to Brian, who's been nothing but great to you. Okay, Brian. He did cut you off. Hang on. He did cut you off and tell you you're out of here yesterday. But go ahead. Yeah. Okay, Brian. I will apologize for the remark that I for for being so sarcastic towards you yesterday. (coughs) What I did was very uncalled for. And buddy, and I'll tell you something. I would like for us to be friends. The bad blood has been going on way too long, and I think it's got to stop. I accept your apology, Titansville. Now, wouldn't you agree with me? The bad blood between you and me has got to stop. I certainly agree, Titansville. I certainly do agree. Okay. You know, maybe we can take steps toward repairing uh, this radio family. Of course, Brian was just earlier today, Bill, making fun of the fact that your quarterback, Brian refers to him as a bust, and was making fun of the fact that he puts mayonnaise in his coffee. But I don't know if that has anything to do with anything here. I just thought I'd share that with you. Well, I'll tell you something. He also called the Titans a rinky-dink operation. But go ahead. I don't agree with him there. I believe that right now they're taking their time on who they want to hire. It's sort of like what went on at the University of Pentatoni. The administration took their time to find a replacement for Philip Fulmer, and they found it in um, Lane you know, Danny, Danny White. Oh, Danny, you think you're talking about that time. I'm sorry. And also, and what did Danny White do? He uh, hired who? Josh Heupel. And both of them is doing a whale of a job. And that's when I believe both Amy Adams Strunk and Rand Carthon is wanting to do. They don't want to hurry this. Your GM's really Rand Carthon. Bill, um, an incredible phone call from you. That was an incredible apology. Um, I hope that in future days to be a vessel of healing for you guys as we heal this. Maybe it'll maybe it'll culminate with you attending a Jacksonville Jaguar watch party with Brian next fall. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. Okay, buddy. Bye bye. Good talking to you. He appeared on the TLD Logistics phone line. Matt Dixon was asking me with the inclement weather if we have any new closings, and the answer is we do. We we have some some closings. Um, people are asking me what's happened to the closings, so let's go ahead and because we've been getting them in here at our Snowbird Bureau. Those of you new to the show, we do this during inclement weather, old school radio style, because the world ain't gonna stop for your broken heart. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, Tony Basilio on the Ramirez Studio. Our Snowbird Bureau reports as follows. Alabama's football implosion on as regularly scheduled. All second shift. Please get here. Brother Vino bringing the popcorn. Danny White's next ticket increase running on time as is his new reject revenue projection updates. The Cowboys' next playoff win is on a one-year delay. 
The Nate Oates Martial Arts Self-Defense Clinic scheduled for Ingalls Arena on as regularly scheduled tomorrow. Jimmy Haslam's accounting seminar at North College, Fuzzy Math and Me, My Journey into Manuel Labor is running on time. As is Lane Kiffin's Nooner. Lane Kiffin's Nooner actually on a one-hour delay. Kirby Smart's hair appointment over at Sports Clips is running on time. Kelly Jolly Harper's Holly Jolly January get-together over at the Pratt Pavilion this afternoon is scheduled for its regular time. Also, this in from Lane in Knoxville. He sends the following. The, nas- the national media's Alabama pity party on is regularly scheduled. All members are going to report due to Alabama suffering like normal teams do when they have a coaching change. No delays are expected in that front. Derek Dooley's spaghetti tasting cook-off scheduled for Fazoli's in Crossville has been postponed once again. Derek Dooley's spaghetti tasting cook-off scheduled for Fazoli's in Crossville has been postponed. Please keep receipts for a later date. Butch Jones girdle fitting scheduled for Alimonies in West Knoxville has been postponed till Thursday. Derek Dooley's book signing of Shower Discipline, My Odyssey for Cleanliness, scheduled for McKay's has been postponed, as has the Mike McCarthy Game Management Seminar that has been postponed as well. Danny White's fan appreciation has been postponed till it snows at least one foot in Knoxville. The Aaron Rodgers family reunion over at the Bourbon Bird on Level Road has been canceled as well. W. Lynn Civil War Roundtable meeting is on as regularly scheduled. Polly Joe's Tip-Off Club, the Rick Barnes Appreciation Luncheon at the SNS Cafeteria will be canceled till further notice. Peggy's duet with Tanya Tucker at the Grammys has also been canceled. The Tim Banks Willie Martinez Coaching Clinic Seminar Teaching your young players to look back for the ball has been canceled. As has the Jeremy Pruitt English tutoring session, postponed indefinitely, but the shoe tying seminar will go on as regularly scheduled. And Jeremy Pruitt's Nine Ways to Cook Asparagus. Over at the Walter State Culinary School, according to Jennifer is on as regularly scheduled and Jennifer Morris thank you for that one the Dallas Cowboys bonfire at the corner of Jones and Never in North Knoxville still happening by the way McDonald's ice cream machine is currently working donations for the Lukey Dome telethon with clone have been delayed Uh, the Basilio Vitello bromance rescheduled till the first pitch the ice bath is on as regularly scheduled. Bryce Harper's Knoxville horse ride celebration for beating the Braves. Basically, considering the World Series is on because Vitello and Basilio were the only ones attending. And Tony Basilio's caller appreciation anniversary celebration, the geophysical year of the caller, has been, as you hear from today's show, postponed indefinitely. Glenn Ellerby's recruiting workshop on a continual two-hour delay. Matt Dixon's Kentucky Sports History Seminar in Middlesbrough has been canceled. And finally, the Mark and Columbo Hugh Freeze Bongo lessons on a two-hour delay. And finally, Philip Fulmer, the aforementioned Philip Fulmer's athletic director boot camp being held at the Anderson Training Center has been rescheduled till next week. Melissa says that Joe Milton's TED Talk 
how to overshoot your goals in life. Postponed due to inclement weather. We do have more, but ladies and gentlemen, we must get back to the phones. And that has been your Snowbird closing inclement weather update. 865-200-5402. Let's go back to our phones without further ado. If you want to get your closings in, as it looks like this is going to continue into the top of next week, please do so. And let's get our next call in. Hello and welcome in. You're live on the show. Tony, this is your crazy cousin from New Jersey. What's up, Peggy? How you doing? Oh, I just don't know. I, I feel a little odd and peculiar. I, you know, I, I, like you said, you can learn so much and everything. And now look. Yep. I, I, but my gosh, Tony, I'm going to tell you, it's past every long. I've been, I'm just telling you, I'm overloaded with the Be Nice Alabama stuff. I'm sitting here, my skin feels like somebody's throat acid on me. I'm just, I mean, I, I mean I'm so tired of the, the next type. Look, that made out. If that's anybody else, he's, he's, he's just protected because he just said the word Alabama. If that's anybody else, they're suspended. I mean, it's ridiculous. Now, I say, you know what I said, when talking to, to Dr. I'm going to start Dr. Danny White. Dr. Watson. That Mr. Watson Brown, you know, that's a different situation. And you can't expect you to spin him around like he's, you know, sitting in Dr. Abel's chair and you at wrestling. I mean, you know, he's, I don't even know if he went to school at UT. I don't think he has that same, you know, thing toward Alabama that we do. We're listening to him for his coaching expertise. And look, I, you know, like I said, I ain't listened to it yet, but now you're two guys today. It was just a little too much Alabama love for me. Love? We were talking about their implosion. No, what did I miss? Say it's just to look at first. Guys, it's important. Say, this is an listen, important story, uh, no, Peggy. No, 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 not you, Tony. Calm down. Listen, not you. You're the guest. You're the host here. You're supposed to bring people before us. That thing you, nobody. Well, Bino, I think Bino. Now, Bino did guide that. Bino, do you think there was too much Alabama today? I, I mean, did. Nick Saban retiring is a huge story, Bino, and their implosion is a nowhere. huge story. They are going somewhere, Peggy. They're going straight to the bottom. No, he ain't gone nowhere. He, we've talked more about him in the past two weeks than we ever had. Bino, the get first... in here. I can't get a word in edgewise with Peggy. Go ahead, my crazy cousin. Go ahead, Bino, because she's nutty. What do you think, Bino? You're muted. Talk to me. I think we need more Bino and less Bama. <laughs> I say. By the way, uh, Scotty P says the following in Twitter Spaces. You can you can talk to us there if you want. He says Lofton is not the score Connect is, and leave Brian alone, Tony. How can you say nobody overlooks Lofton when Bino just did? He said that was Brian's point. Get off Brian's back. Thank you, Scotty P. That's Derek Dooley noted. Brian, I'm sorry for uh, now. You're going to get another apology from today on the program. I hope you and I can work on our relationship while you're working on your relationship with Titans Bill. Sorry about that, man. I got you. I'm really sorry. I don't mean to clap at you. That's that's. Thank you, Scott. You call me out on that. I'm sorry too, Brian. Peggy, you have anything you want to say to Brian? Uh, to Brian, yeah. I, I, 
I don't know what to think. I feel I, I think I fell out of favor yesterday. Fell out you, of favor. You, you you hit the gong thing no, on me. No, you but, are not. You are no. It's just that the call was over. You're number uh, Peggy. You're number one with a you bullet. You said you're putting me in the ice bath. You're out of here. <laughs> <laughs> With Tony Vitello, because you were getting a... Uh, oh, my God. Oh, see, That's probably can why my you imagine? My son will not respond to me. Oh, oh boy. Can you imagine the, the ice bath? And Matt thinks this is Look a cringy here. part of the show, and we start talking about the ice bath. But he, he got in our school closings there. This year, I'm going to tell you something. That don't mean nothing to me. I played in the Cosby Creek. I took my youngins up in the park. That's how we, they, they didn't go to pools. We sat in the Cosby Creek. It's as cold as any ice <laughs> Probably a, not, like that ocean water in New Jersey. Hey, Peggy, yeah, when my friends would go, when, when, oh, Peggy, stay right there. To the radio listener, for some reason, we're going to continue this over at tclub.team, where we'll have Garza Law, Tennessee basketball overtime. Some of these same cast and crew will be in here if I'm still talking to Matt at that point. But in the meantime, we love you. We appreciate you. Enjoy and go about your Friday. God willing, we'll do it again. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia.